Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022, and I'm your host, George Kirk, joined by the two best friends anyone could ask for, Tyler Snyder, Cody Roadcap in the house. How you guys doing here after week five? Same answer as last time. A lot better than my fantasy team. <laughs> You're welcome for the L. Man, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. I was at the Titans Commanders game this week, and that was a roller coaster of emotions. Um, it was a, a battle between fans and the crowd saying, "No, my team is worse in the second half. No, my team's worse in the second half. No, my team likes to blow games. Well, mine blows them more." It was a really weird game. Um, more Titans fans showed up than Commanders fans, but Titans ended up with the dub in uh, exciting fashion. So I'm good. <laughs> I just wish I was there to be a part of the debate because <laughs> my team is the worst in the second half. Man, you got to get on board with these Commanders and Titans fans. They're uh, it's a tough it's man. A tough my team's battle. probably also bottom five in the second half. We've just been putting up enough first half leagues that we've been okay. But anyway, uh, why don't we talk about <laughs> some fantasy news? <laughs> we're gonna hit some news and notes this week, and we're gonna do some quotes of the week. We're gonna look at the week six waiver wire give you some trade candidates in our buy low sell high and we're going to preview the thursday night football game the exciting game between the washington commanders and the chicago bears i know that's the thursday night Who's <laughs> oh worse? that's gonna be the the fight in the stands at that game but make sure you find us on our social media channels facebook twitter instagram tiktok at the couch gms on the couch and join our discord chat the link is in the description of the video or podcast you are watching guys let's jump into nfl news Maybe Panthers fans would say that they're worse than the Commanders or the Bears or even the Titans in the second half. And the Panthers did make a big move today where they fired their head coach, Matt Rule, as well as their defensive coordinator, I heard as well. So a little bit of change of the regime and a little bit of a uh, sell, sell, sell here for the Panthers, I hear. Definitely. I mean, that's the big thing. We talked about it on last week's show. George mentioned he's in a league where somebody had already dropped DJ Moore. So if you're holding on to some of those Panthers and you haven't done yet, hold on to see what this change of scenery does. Especially this week, we're very accustomed to seeing the first game after a coach gets fired, there's like a new energy and the team comes out hot. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers get a victory this week. But the bigger question is who stays and who goes? DJ Moore was already a part of trade conversations. There's been back and forth disputing on have the Bills already reached out to the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey, which would be insane if they would be able to pull that one off. Pelissero did say there's nothing intimate. And then um, Robbie Anderson. Well, we did lose Cody there in the middle, and I'm sure he's going to pop back up randomly. But uh, yeah, so hold on to your guys. We'll see who gets traded, where they go. If, uh, If one of these top guys gets traded to a team where they really need a receiver and it's a high powered offense. I mean, look, the Bucks receivers have been really shaken up this year. If they can't stay healthy and the Bucks end up getting one of these guys, then boom, that's a big asset. Or, you know, the chiefs always seem to land some big name dude. So I could see them getting them. The Packers really need a receiver. You got Aaron Rodgers thrown to you. You need to start them. So there's definitely potential out there for uh, places for them to go and potential points out there, but that is not the only news out of uh, the Panthers territory. We also have Baker Mayfield is going to miss some time uh, with an ankle injury. And PJ Walker is set to start because Sam Darnold is still not back from injury yet. Neither is the rookie Matt Corral. So it's uh, not looking good over there. As far as guys on the team, like I, I feel like you're still starting mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey fantasy wise. I feel like you have to, I don't care who the quarterback is. You're starting McCaffrey. Um, is there anybody else on that team that you want to start fantasy wise moving forward? Or is it just wait? And I see think what it's happens? definitely wait and see what happens. Like I was forced to emergency start a Robbie Anderson in a dynasty league this week. Tyler can vouch for me. I sent him a picture like here comes the B wide receivers, but they won me a game somehow. Uh, and no, in any regular league, you're just starting Christian McCaffrey. I've even actually heard whispers of Christian McCaffrey's name coming out in potential trade talks as we get towards the deadline. I don't see a big move like that happening. Like, I imagine that's a guy that they want to build the next step of this franchise around. But, like, a DJ Moore has been thrown out earlier. I think he's someone that could go. But you're not playing him in fantasy until you either see a major improvement under a new head coach um, or 
you know, if they do get moved at the trade deadline. So just Christian McCaffrey, but hold your assets, like Cody said before he cut out on us here. So hold your assets. Uh, that's what we were saying. So, uh, you know, talking trade, there was a trade that was completed, and it was like right after the game's finished. So uh, it did not take long to discuss this one. But the Falcons traded linebacker Deion Jones to the Cleveland Browns. Um, obviously this is a big trade for NFL, but we are a fantasy podcast. So talking about the fantasy impact of this, um, not much of one except for the fact that, uh, the Falcons are proving to be in sell mode as well. I think that's basically what this is saying. Falcons are in sell mode. So you got to wonder if any of these other pieces, obviously Drake London, Kyle Pitts, they're not going anywhere. They're going to stay on the team, but, uh, does Marcus Mariota get traded? Uh, does, Corderell Patterson get traded. Do anybody else on this team, on this Falcons roster, get traded? Um, it's it's worth monitoring. It's worth watching. But I think the Falcons are also in sell. Definitely. Right and actually, Deion Jones is somebody they've been trying to sell since they the new regime came in the beginning of last year. They, they viewed it as they were acquiring two contracts that they did not like. One was Deion Jones, who they now moved to the Browns. And the other one was the Julio Jones trade, who at that point they move to the titans we know that how that one worked out for the titans but cody welcome back Bust. you missed some news <laughs> on my end i never left i don't know if he could hear us or not so i was through the whole time were... oh i could you all just started talking over me while i was still going so i'm sure there's some awkwardness in the the podcast recording because like i said you're like i was still here the whole time uh, but yeah, I think you guys hit on nail on the head. The big thing is the Falcons moving on from Deion Jones is what's next. I mean, they haven't played the best. They've had a couple wins, but they're not playing. Could we see any of these other pieces get moved? Could we see a Cordero Patterson be a trade deadline name? Kyle Pitts, he's not going anywhere. Drake London, he's not going anywhere. But maybe some of those other pieces, specifically Cordero Patterson is the name that I would be interested to see if he is a guy that gets talked about around the trade deadline. And going on to the rest of the injury news, uh, really, you know, there's injury news every week, but the biggest injury news outside of Baker Mayfield is Rashad Penny, who broke his tibia. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Um, Obviously, this is a huge impact if you're a Rashad Penny owner. Um, But as we know, injuries happen. You got to try to build from there. So the big name to look out for now is Kenneth Walker, the rookie running back. Uh, He had a great game after Penny left. He really took off and he's going to be a hot waiver target now. Um, Hopefully he's still available in your league. Yeah. 37.4% owned on NFL.com, which I was actually surprised he qualified to fit my waiver wire article. Cause I kind of cut the deadline off at 50 and he was definitely drafted in almost every single league. I think people were just kind of giving up after the first few weeks when he wasn't getting involved with Penny in the game. Um, and Penny was really, you know, going you're starting to get rolling like he was into last year so it's really sad to see him now go down for the season um but hoping you can go get kenneth walker or if you held on to him it's going to pay off for you yeah and that's why handcuffs are so annoying like you want to get a handcuff because a if you have a star player um you want to get the handcuff just in case that star player does go down you have the replacement already you're not left empty-handed uh we have a player in our league of record who calls himself the fantasy godfather who is decimated by injuries and didn't have any handcuffs. And now, you know, every year he's in the top three. And yet this year he is in 10th and he is or near 10th. Cody's holding down the <laughs> last place record there. Uh, but he is near 10th and he is struggling. He doesn't even have any trade pieces to go do anything with it because he just doesn't have anything. He's decimated by injuries. And the other front is, you know, when there's not an injury, when you have a nice handcuff like an Alexander Madison or a Tony Pollard or anybody along those lines where it's like you have to have that handcuff. He's valuable enough. You have to hold him. But week after week, it's just a dead spot on your roster. You don't feel comfortable starting him as long as the starter's healthy. But, you know, you'd also don't feel comfortable dropping him because he's too valuable if you cut him. So handcuffs can be frustrating. But if you did hold on to Kenneth Walker, you are loving the rewards now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's enough then of our news segment. So why don't we jump into my favorite segment, Quotes of the Week. (laughs) 
Starting off quotes of the week, we're going to go to Baltimore. After the Ravens kicked a game-winning field goal with Justin Tucker, he comes on and does an interview. Not often do you see a post-game interview with a kicker, first off, but here we are. And then he goes to this whole rant about, like, uh, you know, it's not me doing the kicking. It's, like, the snapper. And then the holder who just had his first game-winning hold. And then he proceeds to call it to say, I'm just a system kicker. So, this guy who says that the ball kicks itself, the most accurate kicker in the NFL is like, ah, nah, it's no big deal. I'm just a system kicker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, way to humble yourself, but obviously he's the best kicker of all time. I don't really think you can throw anybody else in there and make a strong argument. It's him. Uh, enough. Yeah, I think that's a, a valid point. And it's a funny quote, but I think Tyler hit the nail on the head. He is definitely... A little bit more talented, but there is some truth though to the whole operation aspect of it. You know, we don't. Everyone thinks uh, doesn't actually think about the long snapper and what all goes into it. And I'm not going to do a super deep dive, but you know, they have it down to a science where it's calculated the rotation so it the laces hit the holder's hand in a perfect spot. So there's definitely a lot more that goes into it than we probably think about when we're sitting at home. But Justin Tucker doesn't need to be that humble about it. He's if not the best, top three but I can't think of anyone else at the top of my head. But the second quote, I thought this, this is probably my favorite quote of the week. Cause I think it's just so funny. Uh, Jets rookie Brees Hall said he was talking to some other rookies during the game when they had their 40 point victory. And he just looked at him and said, bro, we're so good. And I don't know if it's funny cause it's the Jets. The fact that the Jets are three and two, the Jets put up 40 points. But talk about someone that might need to humble himself because based on the teams are, I'm glad the rookies they're having a good time. And the Jets are playing great. Congrats on their 40-point win. But maybe getting this, a little too carried away. I mean, this definitely sounds like uh, us playing intramural flag football back in college. And we were drawing up Balance. our routes and yeah. having practices and stuff off of these intramural games. And we were running these great routes and catching these passes. And it sounds exact. Like, I can picture Cody going like, bro, we're so good. And then we go into the game, and we never, we never won a game. So – we weren't good. Uh, it just looked good in practice. And, uh, I think we won uh, in this one. case. Yeah, I think of. we won the one game where your cousin literally ran to a pylon and went like this and then mossed a guy. Like, that was the one game we won. It's like, yeah, we're so good. <laughs> yeah, it was right, my you know throw, though. That's what it was. So You yeah. changed it. Brees Hall is now one of my favorite players because that's exactly <laughs> right. He He's a couch GM living out our dream. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying now. Absolutely. So Brees Hall is now on the uh, Couch GM's Hall of Fame because he is a fellow Couch GM. Um, and the final quote of the week, I'll just move us ahead or we'll get stuck on that one. Um, the quote is quarterback. And that is very lame unless you have the context. So the context is Ron Rivera on why the rest of the East is ahead of the commanders. He said quarterback. So some some bad juju brewing up over there for Carson Wentz yet again. Everywhere he goes, they hate him. Yeah, I, I will say with this quote, though, uh, of course, I mean, we're a podcast, we're creating content, so we're going to use the same quote that everyone else in the media is currently spewing across the internet right now. But this was the very first part of a whole answer, so yes, he did say quarterback, but he did go on to kind of defend Carson Wentz, saying he's played great at times, he's still learning the system, he's the only quarterback in the East that had to learn a new system this year, it was followed up with, do you regret, you know, trading two third round picks and bringing him in? And he was like, no, we have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz. So the quote looks worse on the surface uh, if you do a deep dive. But that's how most of these quotes are when you're searching for quotes on the Internet. Didn't and like Daniel Jones some... just learn a new system? Like they just got a new head coach. <laughs> this is true. But Daniel Jones <laughs> also just threw his had his first game of throwing over 200 yards. So. You know, <laughs> and they're three and one, four, four and one, one, four and one. Jeez. Yeah. And to cut Carson some slack, uh, I'm not saying Carson's doing great or anything, but uh, you got to look at that offensive line a little bit. Carson's running for his life the second they say hike. Uh, he's been sacked a ridiculous amount of times this year. Uh, so it's really hard to get anything accomplished um, when you're running from your life from the snap. And, you know, Carson's really not doing that poorly i mean can we really say that we think taylor heineke would be doing that much better right now as much as we might like heineke 
is he really that much better than Carson Wentz? I don't think so. And they didn't give up a first round pick. They didn't give up a second round pick. They traded two thirds and we see third round picks bust all the time. So in the grand scheme of things, I still don't think it was a wasted trade. Um, I do still think Carson Wentz is good enough um, to keep competing, but I honestly didn't believe the commanders were a playoff ready team anyway. So I don't know why we're freaking out so hard about the poor play. I, I think that's a valid point. And it's not like they haven't been in most of their games outside of the one against Philly when he got destroyed. They've been, <laughs> yeah, you know, coming down to the wire in the rest of their games. So I think there might be a little bit overreaction to it. But like I said, we had to, to get it in there. But why don't we talk about more fantasy relevant stuff as we hit some week six waiver wire? George, I really hope it's week six. Yes, Cody, it is week six. I did not try to get you for the second straight week. I think I was two weeks off last week when I uh, did that one to you. So I couldn't do it twice. But Dude, how make is sure. Week six already. I, what is happening? Yeah, right? I mean, Don't honestly, worry. you think about it, we're only, what, about, or getting close to halfway through the fantasy regular season. Week, end of week seven is that. So it's we're, we're starting to get down into crunch time a lot faster than it seems like we are. But, um, that just is even more reason why you need to go hit your waiver wire and get some guys that can help you win, especially going through bye weeks, bye weeks start in week six. So make sure you go check out the article on the couchgems.com. I break down some of my top ads for the week. And as, of course, as we get further into the season, there's less like kind of extra people that you can grab off the wire. We're starting to kind of see where the path the NFL is going. So we're going to talk a little bit about the article and a little bit about some extra guys you should take a look at. Um, in my article, I'll just roll it down really fast. Um, two Seattle players, we got Kenneth Walker, who we already did talk a decent amount about in the news and Geno Smith, who I never thought in my life I would be putting on a waiver wire article, but this man's only had one bust in the first five weeks. So maybe a decent streaming quarterback for you as you go through your bye weeks. Uh, I also have two Cardinals on there with Eno Benjamin, who was the only running back left standing for Arizona this week and Rondale Moore, who. Not only did he end the run of Greg Dortch, but now is really looking like a number two wide receiver. And we'll see how that goes once DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Um, Jacoby Myers makes a return because he came back from injury and put up another solid week again. Um, Evan Ingram, for the about 700th time, we're going to make a waiver rush for Evan Ingram and hope that it's real this time. But he was second on the Jags and targets this week. And my streaming defense of the week is the Baltimore Ravens. So what are you guys' thoughts on those seven ads can i ask a question before we actually get deep into the waiver wires i just want to have some instant reaction but uh you said jacoby myers but he looked really good with bailey zappy Mm -hmm. is there any chance mac jones doesn't get his job back or is that like just a super overreaction (laughs) okay let me ask you another question do you think there's any chance that dak doesn't get his job back all right, one at a time here, one at a time. No, I um, I was just gonna say like I think if he says that there's no way that Dak you know stays on the bench, then I think it's the same answer for Mac Jones. That's where I was trying to go with there. I'm but thinking th- that in both scenarios, the starter will get the job back. I think Dak will get his job back. I think Mac Jones will get his job back. I think in both scenarios, they're gonna be really slow to bring him back. I mean, we already were talk- talking about. Dak potentially coming back in week five. And it's like, oh, no, no, week, week, week six, definitely. Um, I, I think Dak is definitely going to depend on how he does. If he comes back this week, plays against the Eagles and throws four interceptions uh, and falls two games behind in the division, there is a chance he gets replaced by Cooper Rush at some point. I, I As crazy as it sounds, I think there is a chance. Um, but I think for the most part, it's Dak's team and it's going to stay Dak's team. Um, as far as Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, I mean, I think Zappi had the one and a half good games. I think we need to see at least two more solid games out of him. Like Cooper Rush is four and like that's crazy. So that's definitely worth considering more. Zappi has had one and a half good games, um, and this game was against the Lions, um, which you know the Lions defense is nothing. Their offense is great, but they had the worst defense in the league. So you can't really put too much credit into it. So until I see Zappy do more against a better team, I think it's definitely Mac Jones' team. Okay. George, any thoughts? 
I also think they just have to go back to Mac Jones. And you've seen backups in the past struggle, and you've seen backups in the past do well. And the one that I'm thinking of is back when the Jaguars put in um, Gardner Minshew, and he did super well, and then they rolled with him, and you realized he was just a mediocre quarterback. He's not bad, but he's not a starter in most cases. Like, I think they would end up in the same situation with Bailey Zappi, as opposed to Mac Jones, who is a guy who did even better than we expected last year and is still coming up through his development. Like, they can't make that move. Um, I just don't see it. You know, I don't see any way that Mac Jones doesn't come back. But they definitely aren't going to rush him back now. If the backup's playing no. this well, they're not going to rush him back. They're going to give him as much time as he needs and maybe even an extra week just to make sure. But uh, here's my question. So, Geno Smith. Top quarterback on your waiver wire. Uh, we have some well, one other quarterback on the others to talk about waiver ads, but we'll we'll focus on Geno Smith here. George, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. Last week on our waiver wire, one of the top guys we said to go pick up was Jared Goff because his offense was just absolutely killing it, even though we didn't really trust Goff, and then out of nowhere, boom, they imploded. Uh, Goff got five points this week. Now, Geno Smith, another guy like, you know what? He's been putting up points, but we don't trust him. Uh, are you dropping Goff to pick up Geno Smith? Do you trust Goff more? Or are you saying the heck with these random quarterbacks? I'm going for someone else. Now, I mean, I hope you guys aren't going out there and just like trying to push all the chips in on a waiver wire quarterback. Unless you're somebody who like is really dealing with injuries bad and you kind of are forced to. Um, when it comes to answering your question... If you are someone that's kind of leaning on these quarterbacks, yeah, go ahead and drop Goff for Geno Smith, especially because Goff's on a bye week. And Geno Smith, I think, could just jump right in and start against Arizona, who is kind of a mid-tier defense against quarterbacks. Um, I am not saying by this that I am confident enough to have Geno Smith as your starting quarterback the rest of the season. He's not a plug-and-play. But if he's a guy you need to fill in a bye week, especially this week, or even in the next few because he's been very consistent, actually, I think he's one of your best options. Fair enough. And on our others to talk about list, there's one guy at the top of the list that Cody gave me a lot of grief when I brought him up earlier in the season about a potential ad. So I want to hear him mention this guy and why we should add him now. Uh, Cody, you want to take this first guy? Yeah, but I think if the reason you would add him is exactly why I came around the was I don't even know, later in the podcast, the on the fantasy preview show that same week. But we're talking about uh, tight end Taysom Hill, if you haven't caught on yet. He had four touchdowns on Sunday. He had a big game. He's stealing all Alvin Kamara's touchdowns. He's also been making big plays. The tight ends are awful outside of Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Like, yeah, Darren Waller, I wouldn't play. I'd play him over it. But, like, outside of those couple guys, like, there is so little production at the tight end position. At least Taysom Hill gets red zone opportunities, which you can't say about 50% of the tight ends in the league. So, he's a guy that, you know, it's kind of a cheat code at the moment until, you know, they make him a running back or something on fantasy, then you wouldn't play him. But for a tight end, I like it. You know, it's it's bold because you know it's pretty much touchdown dependent because he's probably only going to get, you know, five opportunities a game. So a guy like, you know, a David Njoku, he's going to be out there a lot. He's looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, so that would be a tough one, you know, how you want to play it, because he'll have more opportunities. But Taysom, Taysom Hill's opportunities on the appear to be a lot more valuable at the moment. The big reason why I did not put him – oh, now we lost Tyler, so – that's unfortunate, but here we are. Uh, the big reason why I did not put him in the article and put in instead Evan Ingram is probably the idea that I'm more of a volume type fantasy player as opposed to, welcome back, Tyler, as opposed to the person who's touchdown dependent. So I just don't like it because the big reason why he's getting all of these looks and he's even getting all of these touchdowns is because three quarters of the Saints weapons are currently injured and are not playing or we're not playing for stretches of that game. Like their top three wide receivers, amazing. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry were both inactive. Chris Olave got a touchdown and then left the game with a concussion. Alvin Kamara was the only one left because you also consider Jameis Winston, their starting quarterback, didn't play, which is a big reason why Taysom Hill was seeing a couple of quarterback snaps as opposed to them just rolling with Andy Dalton because who really cares? It's just Andy Dalton. 
Like, I could see that he could still be a touchdown-dependent option down the stretch, and he could end up getting you a good week here or there, but I'm pretty sure his stretch in weeks 2-4, to where he had 1.40 and 8.1, are more like what you're going to see down the stretch, not his exploding for four touchdowns and scoring over 30 I just like picking on Cody. That's the main reason why I like uh, phrasing it the way I do. I don't think you really picked on me though, because we agreed the same week, just a different episode. And I and I said <laughs> I I'd play him vividly. Once James I, I Winston went up, down, but I vividly remember being like, "Is there any chance for any reason with him being a tight end, you'd pick up Taysom Hill?" No. Nope. No. And then Jameis Winston got hurt, and I and I even I think I apologized to you. And said, okay, Tyler's probably going to laugh, I but I'm grudges, all right? on the so Taysom Hill bandwagon. Keep that bitterness all season long. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the next guy. Um, also on the tight end dartboard, we got Will Disley, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, he's 13.4% owned, so he is definitely widely owned. This is another guy that's, you know, he might catch some passes between the 20s, but for the most part, this is another touchdown dependent guy. Um, you're kind of hoping if you start him that he is going to get the touchdown. But at this point, tight ends have been so bad. Like Cody said, they have been bad that having a guy that might get a touchdown might be your best bet. At, uh, you know? Yeah. What tight end isn't touchdown dependent outside of Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey? Exactly. You'll get a couple of decent weeks out of a George Kittle, a Dallas Goddard. TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson to... without touchdowns, but most of the time they are technically touchdown dependent. You're right. So that's why streaming tight ends is super important in trying to play matchups. So and there's let me no ask you this question here quick, Cody. To that either, um, um, real quick, we don't have to dwell on this a lot, but if you are a Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews owner, all right, now you are one of the only two owners in your league that has a tight end that's doing literally anything. As crazy as it sounds, do you try to trade them? Again, I, I know how it sounds crazy because you're one of the only people that has a high tight end, but the value that a good tight end is going to bring, you could bring in some really key assets at wide receiver or running back, and then you can take one of those tight end dartboard guys and be level with the rest of the league on that point. Uh, do you try to trade one of them or no? I, well, I think you, you can try, but my real answer is no, because you took Travis Kelsey and probably Mark Andrews in the second round. Maybe Mark Andrews fell to the top of the third round. So you were already making at the beginning of the season. There's not a guy at a priority skill position that I think has a better value than Travis Kelsey at this moment, or there's not a guy I think that could bring more value than Mark Andrews. Now, if you could turn Travis Kelsey into you know, and a player into Cooper Cup and a player, depending on what those other players are, you might want to entertain that offer because, you know, Cooper Cup has been so... But having an elite tight end is such an advantage because you know with Travis Kelsey, on 14 out of the 16 games this year... So if you're a Kelsey owner and someone offers you Jonathan Mm -hmm. Taylor for Travis Kelsey straight up because they're frustrated, you're saying no? Wow. I probably would. I would probably say no, unless you're one of those people that for some reason went out there and got two tight ends that are performing. Like, okay, so I'll throw that question back out to you, Cody. Say you came back around and got a Dallas Goddard to be your backup tight end to go with Travis Kelsey, and you could get Jonathan Taylor for Travis Kelsey. Would you do it then? Yeah, if you have, maybe if you have a Dallas, like I think if you have a Dallas Goddard or maybe even a Zach Ertz who went later than Dallas Mm -hmm. Goddard did, Okay, we'll we'll do this straight up for the the Jonathan Taylor. But what we've seen out of the Colts' offense, Jonathan Taylor is great, and he will probably have an excellent second round pick. And it would be hard to pass on Jonathan Taylor for Travis Kelsey. I completely understand that. And if you're decimated at the running back position, okay, maybe you realize it's better to pick up a guy that could be elite and just join the streaming options. So there is some value to it. So I understand what Snyder is saying, but I think what we're seeing is you know, the tight ends, there's only two or three that are valuable and the rest are so like borderline, even rosterable. And 
it makes it very tough to not take that advantage when you know there's a chance that that person scores apples to apples, matchup to matchup, your tight end is going to outscore your All right. Well, that was my fun a, little question to throw out there. It turned into a much bigger debate and discussion. As always, if you're listening to this podcast and you are entertaining a trade like that or entertaining any kind of trade and you're a little unsure, just send it to us and we can help answer the question on if you should take it or if you shouldn't. Um, but guys, we have two more guys on this list. We have Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback for the 49ers, and we have Devin DuVarnay, wide receiver for Baltimore. Is there anything you'd like to say on these guys? Any reason why people should look at them? I debated throwing Duvernay on my article to go with those two wide receivers I had on there um, because it was, I w- it really kind of excited me how the Ravens tried to use him in some very interesting ways in this game. He was getting a lot more of those like, you know, swing passes. He actually got a couple carries out of the backfield. Um, and those are all things that I think have a chance to continue because if there's anybody on that team that's going to kind of be an X factor, he's the guy with the skill set too. But you also got to think that that usage could have been because they were still they're still technically down running backs. They had Justice Hill inactive. Gus Edwards hasn't come back yet. They didn't have their number one wide receiver um, this week. So like I am kind of sketchy about doing it. If you're a Devin Duvernay, someone who already owns him, definitely don't get rid of him. Or if you're in a deep league, I would say go out there and try to grab him. Um, but I'm a little bit sketched out that the usage was just by necessity, not something that they actually want to do moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a valid point, and I'll hit on Jimmy G real quick. Uh, I just think he's a good streaming option this week. He gets Atlanta. You have a quarterback on by. Uh, he's had back-to-back double-digit games, and he's been improving since he's now become the starter. So it could be an interesting streaming option, but probably not a guy. So not a lot of guys on, on the waiver wire, uh, but there are some out there. Uh, I I think Kenneth Walker is the biggest one that you're targeting, especially if you need a running back. Um, but if there's any other waiver options out there you're unsure of, let us know. Um, otherwise, let's get into the trading category because, guys, look, if you're starting one and four, if you're starting two and three, heck, if you even started five and oh, but you're just not sure if your team has what it takes to go the distance, it's time to trade. And I, in my opinion, it's always time to trade up until that trade deadline. So uh, it is time to get into some buy low, sell high. Yes, it's time to do some buy low, sell high. Let's start with the buy low category. Tyler, go ahead and go first. All right, George. So my buy low low candidate, candidate, um, this is a guy who has not performed poorly yet this year. So it might seem weird as a buy low. Um, but there's a big reason on why he's a buy low, and that is DeAndre Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift, running back for the Lions. I mean, the guy has been killing it all year, um, but then he gets hurt. He's been missing a couple weeks. Now, this is the time to go get him because there is injuries happening like crazy, running backs dropping like flies, or maybe you have a guy out there who has, you know, a DeAndre Swift on the bench who's been hurt, but he's been starting a guy like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who we thought would be good, but he's actually only putting up like five points a week. Like this is, that's a guy that's desperate. If you have a running back that you can go trade, maybe like a Clyde Edwards, Alaire who's been putting up good points all year, but we're not sure if he's uh, for sure or not. That's a guy that you can go out there and trade and get a guy like DeAndre Swift. And then you will be solid the rest of the year. Uh, will he be back this week? Will it take longer? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but otherwise this is, this is a great guy right now to go target low. He's going to be cheaper with the injury designation, but he's still a solid player. Yeah, and I think one other thing to really look at when it comes to DeAndre Swift is he is on bye this week. So if he's on a team that might be, you know, one and four or two and three, like Snyder mentioned, because they've been without Swift. Okay, well, look, you, you've lost the last two weeks. You don't have Swift. Here's a guy that can help you win this week and get back into the playoff race. I'll take DeAndre Swift off your hands. I'll suffer the the bye lot, the bye week blow without being able to count on him. But then on the on the flip side, you're hoping to get a healthy DeAndre Swift on the back side of the bye. So that would be an interesting move. Um, very similar, same name. I'll start with my DeAndre. Go with DeAndre Hopkins. It is week six. This will be his last week of the suspension. Um, one, check your waiver wire. If you, they don't allow people on the suspension, go ahead and pick DeAndre Hopkins up, get ahead of 
everyone trying to do it next week. Um, but see if you can, you know, go get him. You know, Hollywood Brown has been really good. He's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver right now. Um, we talked about it multiple times. Will that be able to continue once Hopkins is back? Rondell Moore looked good this week as he returned from injury. This this Cardinals offense has been so up and down, but you have to think they're going to finally turn it around once they get Hopkins back out there. So if you can go get Hopkins on a little bit cheaper until he starts putting up points, you know, people might see, well, he might people talk your person you're talking in trades and we'll look at Hollywood Brown. He's doing all this. How, how valuable really is Hopkins? It might be hard because if it's, a, if the guy's sitting on an IR spot, like it's actually not hurting the person at all. Like, they'll have to make a decision next week to activate him when he's, when he's back. Uh, but if you don't have an IR spot and he's available and he's just sitting on someone's roster, I know I'm in a league that I'm holding Hopkins and we don't have IR spots. So he's been sitting on my bench there and my team is struggling that I'd probably, I would consider moving him if somebody gave me some pieces that I could play this week. That's makes a hundred percent sense. And uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing you said in there, is you talk to the person and kind of see where they're at with the trade. See if you can convince them a little bit. Like so, there's a lot of times I love when I can just, you know, put together, put in a trade, hit send, and it gets accepted. But that is literally maybe 5% of the trades that get accepted are that easy. You're normally sending back and forth counter offers. You're sending out a text message or a Facebook message or however you communicate with your league mates and just trying to talk them into it a little bit or see how, what you can do to sweeten the deal. So that was actually great advice to throw in there. And I got to end off the DeAndre trifecta with DeAndre Carter's teammate, Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen's another one, like DeAndre Swift, where he's been injured. He hasn't really done poorly, but we haven't really seen much of Keenan Allen this year. And you know he's a great wide receiver on a powerful offense. So if you can go out there and you're probably going to have to pay a decent amount for him, but he could be a wide receiver one for you down the stretch. There's no better time than to add him before he comes back and puts up a solid week. And then the owner's like, well, I'm right back here. Comfortable. Yeah, fair with enough. Out. So we're all kind of on the same boat of go find a guy that hasn't been playing and see if you can buy him from the guy who is tired of waiting for him to come back. Um, it's always an option. And, you know, just like they were saying, art of the deal, uh, wheeling and dealing, talking about the trades, huge uh, shout out to our boy, Kempi, who is our resident bet expert on couch GMs off the page. Uh, the dude wins fantasy baseball championships every single year because he can convince anybody to take his trades, no matter how bad they are. Um, being able to talk to somebody and talk them into a trade is a huge asset. Uh, Cody absolutely hates it when I rip people off in our leagues because I talked them into a trade when he sends a way better offer and just didn't reach out to him. So don't be afraid to reach out to him. Don't be afraid to talk to him. Um, but let's go on to the sell high. We need to know, you know, you want to go buy these pieces, but who are you getting rid of? Who are you trying to get rid of right now? Um, George, why don't you start us off with your guy? All right. And people may say this is just me trying to attack the guy because I have not been a fan all year. But I still think the warning signs are there. Leonard Fournette. So Leonard Fournette finally got his first touchdown. Or no, he got his first touchdown in week four. My bad. But he got two touchdowns this week. He did seem to take back over those backfield carries, but the biggest thing I'm seeing is he's doing most of his damage in the passing game. Now, is it just me, or I don't feel like Leonard Fournette is your typical pass-catching back or somebody who can consistently keep getting 11 targets a week. So with that being said, he can probably fall back down to your like typical, oh yeah, 8 to 12 point a game guys, but he's performing, especially coming off a 30-point week, his value is so much higher than that. So I am definitely trying to go out there and sell Leonard Fournette where I have him and then just kind of look over the shoulder and be like, maybe Rashad White is going to take some of those carries because he is been has been more involved the last few weeks. It's just that one other thing that kind of makes me think, huh, that's weird. Yeah, I think what you, you bring up about Leonard Fournette, I will say playoff Lenny dating back, you know, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl two years ago, that started with him becoming more predominant in the pass catching. And you have to remember that, you know, Brady's shoulder was a little banged up. We're not going to talk about the terrible roughing the passer call at the end of that game. We won't talk about that because enough people have. Uh, but Leonard Fournette 
would be a name. It's coming off of a big week. So you try to capitalize on his value. Like he went three weeks without finding the end zone. Um, maybe he's less valuable in a standard league compared to a full point PPR. So those are some of the things you need to consider. And my guy is kind of in the same vein. Coming off of a huge week, can you maximize his value? And that is wide receiver Gabe Davis. Two long, and I mean long touchdowns, boatload of yards, put up a huge fantasy day. But at the end of the day, Gabe Davis is still the number two wide receiver on the team. And it's still Stephon Diggs as the number one guy. Granted, it's a great offense. We've seen offenses before be able to put up, you know, support multiple fantasy wide receivers that are relevant. So this isn't like you must go out and trade Gabe Davis, but if you could turn Gabe Davis into something else or a more solid number one option, I think now would be the time to do it because his value probably won't be any higher. The rest and of finally, season. my guy, another guy that's, you know, been doing really well. 110%. So it's going to be hard to move on from him, but that is running back for the Houston Texans, Damian Pierce, a guy we loved in preseason and he is performing up to expectations, maybe even above expectations. So why would you want to move him? Um, I'm going to tell you why. So, so far he, you know, you've heard me talk about on this podcast before the, the green matchups and the red matchups. The green matchups mean you are facing somebody who is a top 10 um, or one of the top 10 matchups for your guy, a.k.a. they're one of the worst defenses against that position for fantasy. Um, and then there is the red matchups, which is they are a really good defense against that position. So the Damian Pierce has had nothing but green matchups so far this season. And then he has a bye week this week, follows it up with one more green matchup against the Raiders, and then doesn't have another green matchup until week 13. And then in that time, he is facing the Titans' top-run defense, the Eagles' top-run defense, the Giants' whose run defense has been surprisingly good. You got the Dallas Cowboys' top-run defense. He is facing some really tough defenses uh, against the run. And you know, that makes me nervous. I, the points where he is getting right now is going to go down. He is definitely getting the volume, the attempts. He is getting some yards. Um, but the issue is if you get a team that's stuffing the run and you have a bad team like the Texans, they're going to have to abandon the run more often than not. They've been staying in games lately because they've been, I mean, against teams that have bad run defenses, but that's not going to continue. Um, I'm not saying his value is just going to completely plummet and he's going to be getting two points a week. But these... 19 20 point weeks i don't think are going to continue i think you're looking at about like 10 point weeks um maybe even a little less depending on the matchup um but if you look at the guys below him like if you look at on the season who has less points than him that you might be able to flip him for i mean you're talking about guys like aaron jones uh dalvin cook joe mixon um deandre swift jonathan taylor Alvin Kamara, even like these are all guys that I'd be willing to move on from Damian Pierce for um, maybe not even straight up. Maybe it needs a package. Maybe they need to give a little more. Maybe you need to give a little more. But these are all guys I'd rather be starting weekly than Damian Pierce moving forward. So if you can flip them for one of those guys, uh, solid move. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think this even feeds back into when we were talking preseason about Damian Pierce, where it was like, yeah, I love his draft value when he was going in rounds like seven, eight, nine. And then when he went up to round three, it's like, he's going to be good. And like you said, 10 points a week, very possible for a Damian Pierce. But that round three value was just too much because it, he was, you know, expected then at that point to be a 15, 20 point a week guy. And while he's being that, perfect time to try to sell him. Yeah, I think I'm going to equate uh, Damian Pierce a lot to James Robinson. He was a guy that you never wanted to play on a bad team, but just consistently put up points. And here we are with Damian Pierce. He looks good. He's been getting points. I do think there will be weeks where he doesn't get, like Tyler mentioned, once he, when he plays the Eagles and they're down by two touchdowns before the end of the first quarter, like that's going to be a rough week for him. When they play some other teams, it's going to be a rough week. But he does get to play the Jacksonville Jags again. And if you're, you know, 5-0, and oh, you're sitting there looking at, well, he has green matchups starting against right around the fantasy playoffs. So maybe 
if you have five wins, there's a good chance you're going to make it unless you're in a super deep league or one of those leagues that only the top four teams make it. So you could start looking a little bit ahead at a guy like Damian Pierce when the matchups might get better in a prime time for you. Um, but I do like the opportunity, again, of taking his value where it's at right now and trying to maximize it. Well, I think that wraps up a little bit of buy low, sell high. So why don't we hit a little Thursday night preview before we get out of here? And for the love of all that is holy in the football world, please do not let this week's Thursday night matchup be anything close to that garbage that we call football last Thursday. I'm sorry, but that, that was, was football. Bad. That should not be on TV. Okay, this is, you know, little rant time, I guess. I don't know. But I'm so tired of the NFL picking who they think is going to be great and then just putting them on primetime every single week. Like, change it up with who's on primetime. All right, I'm, I'm not saying, like, this doesn't even refer to the Commanders and the Bears at this point because I saw that the Broncos get yet another primetime matchup very soon like the Broncos have primetime almost every single week and I'm tired of seeing it I'm so tired of seeing awkward Russ let Russ cook uh Broncos country let's rock I'm tired of seeing that garbage on TV um I don't want to see him anymore on primetime I want to see somebody else and you know what commanders at Bears this might be two bad teams I get that this might honestly be a really good game like because a lot of times when you have two bad teams like this they end up playing super well. <laughs> like it ends up being one of the more exciting games of the week. No, it's not two teams you want to root for, but you know, they both are in interesting situations. Um, both quarterbacks in kind of a, I need to prove myself situation. Um, and when you're playing hard like that, it could turn into a really good game. So that's my little rant there for a minute. Just before you get off the Broncos, just if ever, to make everyone feel better, they do have Monday night this week. This is coming week, week six against the Chargers, then a four o'clock game. And then they go to London to play the Jaguars. So in the next three weeks, you still got two more weeks of the Broncos playing by themselves in a time slot. Just love it. Stop it. NFL, <laughs> just stop it. They picked the Broncos to win the Super Bowl and they're like, all right, they're prime time every week now. I'm like, stop. The good news is they should be out of their five game primetime window. Uh, after their Monday night game, I think already. So there is one more Sunday night game for them late in the season, but we got we almost got out of the woods there. We are almost done watching Russ cook uh, in prime time, pretty much every single week. But anyway, back to Commanders and Bears, which I made fun of, but Tyler's right; it could actually be a pretty good hard fought game. I'll start on the Bears side when it comes to fantasy because everybody was in on Khalil Herbert. He's the guy. He took over the job. Enter David Montgomery from the knee injury and 14 carries later, he's the lead back again. Where are you going? Are we still in on Montgomery? Are the Bears sticking to it? Or was that just a mirage? Um, I'm starting Montgomery. Like I, I think that Montgomery is your starter. Uh, he was the Bears starter. He's going to be the Bears starter. I think Khalil Herbert's going to be involved no matter what. I, I don't think it's a situation where he's going to go back to the bench uh, completely. But I do still think that Montgomery is the lead back and you know Washington's run defense isn't anything that spectacular um so I think he's a good play this week yeah I'd play Montgomery he'd be the the only bear because Justin Fields still can't pass the ball very well unfortunately guy we had high hopes for Darnell Mooney made that really nice highlight reel catch but I mean he still didn't do much in the grand scheme of a game or fantasy uh but it was just nice to see him actually like exist I just hope Montgomery's jersey spelled right this week. As a guy that's an <laughs> that expert too. in misspellings, still tough to see. <laughs> I, I don't even know how you pronounce it. What Monto Montgomery? Montgomery? I don't know. It was bad. Um, but I think that is literally all you would play on the Bears. So on the Commander side, uh, the weekly question of which wide receiver is the right answer, or is it two this week? I know I'm still personally on the Curtis Samuel bandwagon even though I don't really love it. Are you guys playing him? Are you playing Terry McLaurin? Are you playing both? I think that Terry McLaurin is the more exciting receiver. I think he's the more talented receiver. I think he has the higher ceiling. With all that being said, I'm starting Curtis Samuel. Uh, for some reason, they were like, Curtis Samuel needs to get targeted every play. Uh, and Terry McLaurin, it's like every now and then when we need a big play, Terry's down there somewhere. Let's throw it up. But otherwise, they don't 
target Terry all that much. Like he gets his value based off of a couple big catches every week, but he doesn't get targeted. Um, and with that, with him not getting targets until they really start using him more in the passing game, I, I think I'm benching Terry pretty much every week until I see more from him. I know that's crazy because of how talented he is, but um, I just don't trust it. Um, Jahan Dotson, do we have any news on if he's coming back, if he's going to be healthy at all? I'm thinking he's not going to play because he was pretty much an early he's out this week and then, of course, coming into another short week. Um, But even if he does go, with it being that certainly he was out this week and only four days later, I'm not playing him anywhere unless I'm absolutely desperate if he does go. But, nah, I'm just avoiding it for this one. Um, If you're streaming quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, not fantastic. Uh, Bears defense is actually pretty good. I don't think you're playing any Mm. tight ends. Um, but Cody, what are you doing with this running back situation? Brian Robinson did get utilized in the game. Um, Antonio Gibson didn't really do anything until late in the game, but he did catch a couple big passes. Gibson was hot all year. Neither running back did anything this week. You starting any of them? You starting neither of them? What are you doing? I'm going to pick one. It would be Antonio Gibson and you're probably going to play him. Yes. It was nice to see Brian Robinson back. It was great for him to get back on the field. Um, but for now, it's still Antonio Gibson. But honestly, I'm I'm trying to play as little people in this matchup as I can. Pretty much outside of David Montgomery. And I would play Terry McLaurin just because he's the quote-unquote safer guy. Um, but I completely understand your two reasoning for Curtis Samuel. Those would probably be the only guys I would consider. Especially now that like I think Logan Thomas is injured again. So no tight ends either. Yeah, I'm not exactly in on John Bates or any of the other tight ends. There. I think Cam Sims is another one. I don't really know. I'm actually leaning Brian Robinson and San Antonio Gibson, but I'm all with Cody. I'm trying to start neither if possible. Um, but just seeing how like the hype around Brian Robinson coming back, he ended up getting nine carries to Gibson's three. Both of them did awful. Um, and Gibson is obviously used a little more in the passing game, but I expect Robinson to be, you know, to trump, Gibson in touches I expect Robinson to you know um be the goal line back so I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be the guy over Gibson now yeah the only other person I would look at in this game I mean it's not a person but uh I would look at the Chicago Bears defense they've actually been pretty solid this year but not even because of the Bears defense I would look at the fact that the commanders you have Carson Wentz throwing 18 picks a game um, you have him getting sacked 11 times a game. So with that being said, I mean, it's, he's going to give up the points to defenses. They're really not scoring all that well at all. So um, Bears defense is a decent streaming option this week if you are just streaming defenses or if you're starting defense as a buy. Um, other than that, yeah, guys, there's really not much to talk about for this one. I'm honestly surprised we went that far. I mean, impressive. Yeah, I mean, hope, but like you said, hopefully it's not another snooze fest. Hopefully it's a little bit better of a matchup. Uh, but on the paper, it does not look to be one. But I think that'll wrap up this week's uh, waiver wire episode. So as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, guys, and obviously this podcast is so much more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. So reach out with all your questions, your comments, make fun of George, whatever you got to do. More fun for us, more fun for you. So get involved, guys. What are you waiting for? Yes, Tyler. Thank you very much for listening in to the Couch GM's podcast. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth, and we'll see you all later in the week. Boom.